0: Hi friends, let's have a soul talk.
1: Today we're talking about the importance of our emotions in all of our relationships, including with God.
0: When Jesus says, come to me, he's inviting us to bring our emotions to him.
1: That's where apprenticeship to Jesus starts, because we live in our emotions, whether we feel them consciously or not.
0: We're thankful to all of you who donate to the ministry of soul shepherding. You enable us to help pastors and missionaries who lack resources and to provide this podcast for free to thousands of people each week. Hi Soul Talks friends. It was great to be with some of you this week as we did a training all day on the Neagram for Mountain View staff. And so hi Mountain View Church, we just really respect that your staff would take a day away together like this to care for your souls to grow and learning to Befriend your emotions, like we're talking about. It's just that on that day, we were using the Enneagram as a tool for befriending your
1: emotions. We were hanging out at a beautiful beach house in San Juan Capistrano, California, overlooking the ocean there with the breeze coming in. We had 25 uh, pastors, staff, and elders, and we had some just some great coaching time and great times of conversation and uh, sharing and food together and... Uh, getting to know each other uh, in the Lord and learning about our false self and our true self and all the all the different uh, things that the Enneagram opens up for us to better understand ourselves and our relationships with each other and with the Lord. And it was a very rich day.
0: It was. And one of the things that the Enneagram does is help us underline kind of basic emotions that we tend to deny and not, not be friendly towards. And so... We're going to continue with this series today talking about befriending our
1: shame. Yeah, shame is one of the, in one of the triads on the Enneagram. And another one is anger, which we just did a podcast on anger. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, upcoming, we're going to be doing one on fear and anxiety. And that's yeah. another of the uh, intelligence centers, uh, the uh, sort of the underbelly of that, the negative emotion that we struggle with and tend to deny. And then we're going to uh, do a podcast on sadness, which we believe is really... Uh, at the core, sense of loss and unmet need and deficits that we have, hurts in our life, and getting in touch with that sadness is really key to our, our healing path and our, our growth in the Lord and uh, facilitating uh, emotionally healthy relationships. So this is our series on emotions that we're doing with you, and uh, thanks for being a part of it with us. I want to uh, say hello to Cheryl. So glad that you are tuning in to Soul Talks. And a while ago, uh, you shared with us, I felt a depth of love for Jesus come through on your podcasts. It's helpful when you peel back the layers of our thinking and feeling and invite us into that place of vulnerability with you. Jesus is right there in your tender and true words. I treasure spending time with you and Jesus through Soul Talks.
0: Amen, Lord! We do pray that we would keep you here central. Yeah, we need Jesus. He's our good shepherd and the shepherd of our soul and our emotions too. Oftentimes we maybe kind of think of Jesus not wanting to get into the mess of our emotions, but that's that's not true, thankfully.
1: He is right there, and uh, psalm thirty four five is one of our favorite verses, and it's right on point with this topic of of shame and how that uh, affects us uh, personally and in our relationship with God and and the healing that the Lord offers. Those who look to the Lord for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces.
0: Mm. Great promise.
1: That is so inspiring. Isn't that exactly where we need to be? When When we look at Jesus... Like this picture here, we have this uh, picture on our desk here of Jesus just uh, delighting in the Father and delighting in us. He's just looking at us with eyes of uh, tenderness and compassion and a big, huge smile. This is a radiant face. If there was a radiant face of joy, it's this artist's uh, pencil drawing of Jesus' face. And it's on our website in the article, Jesus Smiles at You. So thankful uh, for the artist that did this, and for many uh, good Christian artists who bring us portrayals of Jesus being warm with love and grace towards us, that's our ultimate healing for shame. Um, but how do we get there? That's what we need to talk about.
0: Yeah, shame is something that I think is a defense against our um, our pride sometimes. Sometimes we can actually think that it's good to feel ashamed. I know I fell into that early in my life, thinking that I, it was humility, mm-hmm. and not understanding that shame is not healthy. <laughs> it's not. It's not something God wants us to. Sometimes we think as Christians that you know, well, we're sinners, so we need to walk around in all this shame.
1: Yeah, putting ourselves down with belittling and uh, judgment or self-negation. Uh, is not uh, honoring to the Lord, and it's not humility. Because humility is when we see ourselves accurately and truly, which, of course, includes that we are under uh, our Creator and Lord. and um, So humility is an accurate view of ourselves, and shame is condemning and judging ourselves. And that's not a posture the Lord wants us in. We we like to say that uh, God actually never wants you to feel ashamed, uh, frankly, even if you sin, uh, adding shame to that is not going to be helpful. Uh, now, that you might not agree with me at first uh, hearing there, because there are things that we might do that are shameful. They're they're bad, and uh, and so we have this expression: "You ought to be ashamed of yourself." Well, I mean, there is some truth to that. That when we do things that are really unloving and destructive and damaging, and not with uh, integrity. Uh, that it's like, well, that's not the me I want to be, and so maybe I would feel ashamed there. But uh, the distinction we're trying to make is that uh, even in sin, the helpful response is not one of self-condemnation and self-loathing, which simply leads to isolating. The healthy response is to have what Paul calls godly sorrow, to be sad, to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and to run to Jesus and find refuge under his wings of mercy. And so as soon as we would do that, the better.
0: That's so important, Bill, because shame makes me want to isolate. It makes me want to run. It makes me want to hide. And that's the opposite response. Shame causes me to turn against myself and self-hatred and to assume that everybody else is going to feel that way towards me too.
1: Yeah, we're back to the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve put fig leaves on because they were shamed. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lord didn't want them to be that way. And so he he gave them a covering, animal skins, you see. And that's uh, a prophetic, symbolic portrayal of the coming of Christ and coming under his wings of forgiveness and favor that he has for us. So praise God for the gift of grace that he has for us. And that as we look to him, we are increasingly set free from shame.
0: I think that we need people to help us with shame, too, because I know I was not aware of how often I was feeling shame or in shame or under shame, however, however I want to describe it. And you would help me with that, because I remember there would be times when you would say to me, you seem to be feeling shame. And it was something that I wasn't really even conscious of. It was so familiar to me to feel shame. And it was helpful for me when you would point that out. And I knew that you weren't shaming me for feeling shame when you pointed that out. You were helping me to understand with compassion that that's not what God wanted for me. And you wanted to get me out of that shame. And you wanted to be an ambassador for Christ to lift off that black shroud of shame that I was under.
1: Yeah, because I love you and I, when you go into uh, self-judging and self-hatred, then you're pulling away from me and I can't, I can't reach you and so uh, I feel really sad for you when you've done that and so you know, draw, drawing you out through empathy and into that uh, emotional, spiritual embrace is a, a great joy for me to do.
0: Well, thank you, honey. It's, it's been a great ministry to me and a great conduit of God's love and freedom. I want to go back to that. I want to slow this down a minute and go back to that, what you just said, about when I'm in shame, you feel sad because you're cut off relationally from me. That That's really key. I remember at a time when one of our children had done something wrong and uh, went to shame in such a strong way and i had forgiven this child mm-hmm. you know i mean i wanted them to own what they did that was wrong and learn from it but i was really grieved and really sad that they were in shame and and i couldn't reach them they they were just totally blocked all the gifts of goodness and love that i wanted to give them at that time and um that's what shame does and when we can catch ourselves in shame or somebody who loves us can give us that that view that they see, it seems like you're feeling ashamed and you're stuck in shame. And I'm sad about that because I don't want you there. I, you know, I can't reach you there. I want, I want to free you from that shame and I want you to be open to receive my love and God's love. That's, that's really powerful. And, and it's really possible to get free from shame that way and to free somebody else from shame that way.
1: By befriending their emotions.
0: Yes, when they can't befriend it themselves. Another example would be, I remember being at a board meeting and I was I was hurt and struggling. I was sharing an email we had gotten of somebody who was shaming us mm. and um, I was really hurt by it. And I remember one of our board members um, recognized that right away and he says, I just release you in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. from any shame that you've received from this email. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I was like, oh, I wasn't even conscious that I had gone to shame. Yeah. I knew I was hurt by the email, but I had received shame. Mm-hmm. And by him just verbalizing and then doing that, it was so helpful to me because he was able to see what I was blind to at the time. He came, he befriended my emotion in that, but he befriended it in order to free me from it, release me from it, and to say, yeah. there, there's no right shame for you to be under here, Christy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he was embracing and accepting you where you were there in that place of woundedness and insecurity and feeling bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shame, it, it gets on us when, when people judge us, mm-hmm. if, if unless we've got some internal... Uh, strength of character and boundary to close the door on that and not receive that. If there's anything, any self-doubt in me, any insecurity in me, any second-guessing of myself, certainly any self-criticism or self-judging, then when somebody else judges me, it's like two against none. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to start plummeting down into feeling inadequate, depressed, and ashamed.
0: Yes. But I feel shame when I just judge myself. I don't even need anybody else to be involved in that. I'm judging myself, or I'm attaching self judgment to ways I felt judged in the past, and I've internalized that judgment. Um, I also feel shame when, and and we all do this, when somebody just really doesn't understand and isn't befriending my emotion, but they're kind of rejecting it or disregarding it, Mm -hmm. then I'll feel shame for feeling that emotion.
1: Yeah, let's talk a little more about that, Christy, because this comes up all the time in our counseling office, the retreats we lead, as we talk with people in different places where we speak and so forth, is uh, the obvious source of shame is when we're, when we're judged or criticized, somebody's mean to us, certainly when we experience abuse uh, or a, a major betrayal, these kinds of things. We are, feel wounded and probably feel bad about ourselves. But a subtle source, this is called uh, trauma A. If you look at trauma A and trauma B, and the trauma A is the trauma of like emotional neglect Mm -hmm. or, more simply put, just a lack of empathy. Mm -hmm. And so if you grow up in a context, in, in a family environment where you don't receive empathy, there isn't somebody looking into your heart and soul to understand you and to draw you out and to put words to your experience and your desires and your your personality and your values and your needs and your emotions and so forth. And, and you don't have that kind of a relationship or in, in your marriage, in a close friendship, when that's not present, there is a tendency to feel devalued and insignificant and ashamed.
0: Mm-hmm. Very much. We need to be Seen and valued and and understood and empathized with in it, order to to not not feel shame
1: it is such a fundamental thing I, I'm thinking of a example of a situation where I talked with um, a uh, a consultant about our soul shepherding leadership and was seeking his help and uh, it was a, a very great meeting. I was very thankful for him to, sp- to spend this time with me. It's a very high level uh, leader uh, locally in Orange County, and spent, he spent a couple hours with me and I just volunteered his time. He didn't know I'd make a big donation to his ministry. He was just doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Um, but nonetheless, in the context of that meeting in which I was sharing very vulnerably about our life's work in soul shepherding, this was a couple of years ago, uh, there was no empathy in this conversation uh he would ask me questions, but it was always around advice and uh, strategic thinking, which I appreciated, but because it wasn't in the context of understanding and validating my my tender feelings, the, my, my fear of like, well, you know, am I doing it right? And, uh, and my uncertainty, well, I'm not sure what to do in this situation, uh, my dreams, and because he wasn't uh, paying attention to or... Or drawing that out, or validating that, uh, and I, I felt very much un, unseen, and it, it started to feel abrasive as he was giving me different points to, to think about and different things to try. And I just kept to, to sort of endure the meeting. I just kind of segmented off my my sensitive, tender heart in there and said, "Okay, just just keep listening and keep thinking about what he's saying because this is this is helpful." And so that's what I did. But it, when I walked away and reflected on it with a friend, and prayed about it later, it was like, wow! It just—he had a real gift to give me because I, I respect him and what he's done with his organization. And if I would have sensed more empathy from him, more more compassion, more more tenderness, it, it would have helped me feel accepted and appreciated and honored, and would have given a safety for me to really listen to his wisdom better. And it would, have, it would have elevated me probably more than any advice he could have given me or any strategic tips he could have given me. And he did, he did give us some that we appreciate. But to just have felt seen and heard and wanted, to felt like I'm significant in what I'm doing rather than different comments that left me feeling like, oh, I don't know that I did it right or feeling uh, I'm, I'm confused or I, I, gee, I feel criticized here. So emotionally, I, I sort of walked out of there, slinking down low, feeling bad about myself, and mm-hmm. had talked myself through that. Well, that was really, wasn't really what he intended to do, and, and we spent this time with you, and he was being helpful, and, and it's like, wow, this this is a, a great uh, Christian leader, certainly a, a man of integrity, and he has a he, he cared for me, he wouldn't have met with me, but he didn't really know how to show it in terms of empathy, mm-hmm. and so I walked out of there battling with feelings of inadequacy and shame. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, recently you were listening to a speaker, and after you turned, after we turned off the recording, you just launched into a prayer from your heart, and you said, "Oh Lord, help me not to be in my ministry wowing people with all that I know, so much so that people end up leaving feeling shame for that they don't know what I know."
1: Yeah, because that's what I felt after listening to this podcast. And uh, really, it was another situation. Wow, I miss a great leader. Uh, this woman really appreciate her ministry, lots of great insights and um, things that we also teach. And uh, yeah, I was quite impressed with her and her knowledge and her, how she leads her organization and, and so forth. But uh, it left me feeling like I'm not measuring up and I'm not uh, adequate. And then I began to think about how similar she and I are, probably Enneagram Ones and you know INTJs and the Myers-Briggs and thinkers and strategic thinkers and into spirituality and following Jesus and spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation and all of this. And it's like, wow, um, I wonder if I do that to people. And probably some people do feel that way. And I just felt really sad. It's like, oh, gosh, no, I want to lead from a place of vulnerability. I want to lead from a place of relationality. And I want to uh, speak and teach and counsel people in a sort of a a process that allows for relationship and conversation and the expression of emotion. uh, Because that's where the, the, the real life is. That's where the real That's how we we experience love and encouragement, and that's where the transformation comes, and, and fruitful ministry comes out of that kind of interacting.
0: Yeah, well, this is really important, because when we're in shame and we catch ourselves feeling shame, it's an opportunity for us to realize, oh, I need a touch of grace from Jesus in my soul here at this point where I'm feeling shame. Uh, when I find myself feeling great shame, I feel tempted to isolate. I want to hide. I want to pretend. I want to cover over that vulnerability. But w- what I found is if I can see that as an invitation, uh, an, a warning that I'm in shame and I need, I'm going towards isolation, I'm going towards my false self to try to prove myself mm. or cover, and instead it's an opportunity and what I really need is to to look inside and say, okay, what what do I need? I need? I need empathy. I need somebody to mediate God's grace to me here. And then I go and I share the vulnerability of what I'm feeling mm-hmm. with somebody safe who I know um, loves me and, and can share God's love with me. Then it, I get freed from the shame, and I usually discover something about myself and about this process and it makes it easier for me the next time if I am myself in shame. It's like I don't go to the same depth of level of shame. And it's easier for me to identify what it is that I need and ask for it and be, be vulnerable But to take responsibility for what I'm feeling to be vulnerable and ask for what I need in the way of empathy and grace.
1: I really hope all of you listening, I know so many of you are uh, sensitive-hearted and uh, tender souls, uh like Christie, your uh, shepherds, your uh, soul friends, your caregivers, with the gift of mercy, and uh, Christy, you're modeling for us the courage uh, when you are uh, have these kinds of um, uh, delicate emotions and wounded feelings come up and hurt hurt feelings to be able to talk about that with somebody safe and and to pray that through and uh, to get help not going into shame and how how powerful a thing that is, and so that's why we have the expression "take courage," because we don't necessarily feel courageous, we don't necessarily feel bold and confident. Um, you know, when I shared honestly after this this meeting with my friend, with you in prayer, I wasn't feeling courageous; I was feeling insecure. But uh, being vulnerable and receiving empathy uh, it emboldened me. You see, and so th- that's where we really get our best. Uh, joy, the the um, radiant joy that the psalmist is talking about, where we opened up with Psalm thirty four five, and that's where we have the uh, confidence in our walk with the Lord to to serve Him well and to love other people well.
0: Jesus, thank you that you come alongside us to defend us in our shame, that you come to us with empathy and compassion and grace. And you show us what it is we truly need in the way of love from you, in the way of being able to see that your grace is enough for us, even in our weaknesses and our failures. And that you don't leave us stuck in shame, but you call us out into your light. You forgive us. You call us into your agape love, like you did with Peter when he was ashamed of denying you. And you You searched him out and you reaffirmed him in his love for you and in your entrusting him as the one that you would use to build your church. Thank you that that's true for each of us too. Send ambassadors of you, Lord, to us when we are ashamed and give us the courage to be vulnerable and to invite others into what we're feeling, to receive their empathy and and your grace through that. And to find courage and strength, again, to trust that your love, your grace, your power at work in us is enough, and that you want us to continue in courage and faith to um, be ambassadors of you to others who are in shame as wounded healers. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier.
0: We'd enjoy meeting you. It'd be great if you could come to our Soul Shepherding Institute or one of our other events.
1: You could also have us come speak to your church or community.
0: Soul Talks is a ministry of soul shepherding and is provided by our donors. You can help us reach more people by sharing this podcast with your friends.